0: Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons & Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is... The elf-marked wizard that likes to be out front, Calidus Magnus Lunior. The world-tree-seeking human paladin, Caelan Vendis. The tiefling paladin, steeped in lore, Akmenis. The Asmar warlock with a strange wrist-leaf, Elbrum. And finally, a female knoll cleric that has visions of the restless prophet, Oraki. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now good people, welcome to the show. In this episode, we stop the recapitulation and return to where we last left off. The Grey Company are in the sewers below Abdul-Haq's home. They have entered Abdul's hideout, and they have found their friend Onka in manacles and severely medicated. Acmenus, who had remained true to his calling, paid the price. Galadus, Oraki, and Elbram barricade themselves in the barracks with Onka. Kalin enters the sewers and faces ornery crocodile brides. An unconscious and restrained Akhmenas... Is thrown into a cell. Calidus tells Onka, You will be our meat shield. Now go out front. Wait, 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 wait. Those words, plus me, never gonna happen. The minion Nazim slyly uses an alchemist frost. The minion Hussein fires poisoned blowgun needles. A lilting and pained voice brings Akmenis back from the brink. Three were-crocodiles rake with claw and tooth. As the smoke clears, the broken company begins their search. Onka takes the magic blade of Abdul and assumes his seat. A strange, ancient book with blank pages, maps of lignus, cartography tools, are some of the many things found. What is this mysterious group, the Hungry Siren? And someone named Milo has Daryl. Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Hello, good people of the interwebs. I'm here with my good friend Mick, and we are talking about what's happened, in fact, not just this past Thursday, but the week before as well. Where did we go? We... We're continuing as we are in the sewers underneath the home of Abdul Haq. And the last two episodes, this is really what it was. It was more or less the battle in the sewers. And then this past week that just completed was the conclusion of that battle and what that meant. So prior to that, because Mick was missing for the week previous, we'll just go over that. That one started out, you guys had been trapped more or less in the barracks or the room with the beds in the bedroom where you had found Onka. And the conclusion of the previous episode, where you were still there, was you had just tried to free Onka once and that had failed. So we pick up from there. There is a couple of people who are outside the door who are trying to get in. Calidus, you, Elbrum, and Oraki mm-hmm. are inside that room. There was Akmenus. Achmedes entered the room the first time, and he's seen a body laying there on the on one of the bunk beds, and he didn't check to see if there's anything about her. He just simply, oh, there's someone sleeping here. So he took a swipe at her with the warhammer, knocked her yeah. out of the bed, and then noticed that she was basically manacled hand and foot. At which point, he's just like, eh. So he left. So he left, and he started going towards the main common room area of, of the sewer hideout. And... In there, he encountered a bunch of people, and they basically knocked him silly, and you and Elbram had been in the hallway when this happened, and you both ran back into the room where Oraki was trying to free the person in the manacles, who turned out to be Onka. Onka was your associate who had tried to go into the growling sanctuary previously with you, had gone the one time as your thief. Yes. And then you learned that she actually wasn't the thief at all because she basically (coughs) tripped every trap that that was there. That's true. But she provided you guys with the thieves' tools that Elbram now carries as well as there was a little magic ring that was Mm. inside that thieves' tool kit that she wasn't aware of and that Elbram found, which is a further device to aid in thievery. So she's an associate and perhaps a friend because through your guys' conversations with her, it seemed like she was potentially wanting to take over the dogs of Bastet from Abdu'l-Haq, which was to your guys' advantage. But when you guys left to go to the Pool of Blood, she was going to be monitoring Abdu'l-Haq while Princess Karima went to her house to take care of it being ransacked by the mummies and her guests, and Lieutenant Mehmet was going to just basically monitor the growling sanctuary to make, just to see what was going on while you guys went off to the pool of blood. In the end, when you guys came back from the pool of blood, which you thought was going to be perhaps a day trip, turned out to be almost a week. Yeah. When you came back, Onka was missing. Karima was missing. Karima was missing, potentially kidnapped. And so finding Onko down there was kind of like a big surprise. So Oraki was with her, trying to get her out of the manacles not being successful, then all of a sudden you and Elbram retreated back into the room and slammed the door closed and started putting any furnishing that you could in front of the door to prevent it from getting opened in order to well, I don't know, what what, you got, what was the thought there? Consolidate? or We
1: had to get Anka free. And she had made it clear that she needed to get back in the fight. So in the previous episode it was Oh, yeah, yes. Let me free, let me free. I can fight and I'm stronger and tougher and That's right. than all of you. This is where... So this was like, yep, okay, if you want to be in the front line, by
0: all means. This is where... Well, no, no. This this was Mick and his companions having a conversation after I left the conversation, deciding that Onka was going to be out front, like the meat shield. And well, yeah, then, and she then,
1: repairs herself as well, so that helps. Yeah, because she's Got that instant repair kit. So,
0: so and, and she was... In Discord, you guys had said, okay, we're going to put Onka. And then, of course, when the start of that episode came when you were not there, Oraki's just like, okay, Onka, you got to go up front. And Onka was like, uh, what? What now? How? What do you guys... You, I'm what? Well, On- we want you to be our meat shield. <laughs> Wait, sorry? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said she wanted to get in the fight. Yeah. Well, but I, I think
0: she had a problem with the words that were being chosen to use to, yeah. to her. But ultimately, it didn't really matter because what ended up happening was... While you guys were in this room, there was a conversation going on between Hussein and Nazim. Nazim was the crocodile, Hussein yeah. was the human who were outside of the room that you guys had shut the door on. So they were having a conversation. They were yelling back to Abdul Haq. And Abdul was basically taking care of Ekmenas. So he dragged Ekmenas into the room where the Princess Karima was being held. And he was unconscious because ultimately, Abdul Haq wanted to know what the hell is these mummies are invading his domain for and how does he stop it that's all he cares about so why didn't he kill akmenos he didn't kill akmenos because he needed information he manacled up akmenos put him into the room with the princess karima who was unconscious but she was also playing possum lots of unconscious people in this game well she was she wasn't really unconscious she was just playing possum because she was being she heals She knows how to heal. She's got Cure Wounds just like Oraki does and she does her damn good job at it. So at one point after everybody left, she healed Ekmenus. So he was completely 100% recovered with just one Cure Wounds. Now that part was my fault because her Cure Wounds, normally it's your Cure Wounds plus your Wisdom modifier or your Charisma modifier depending on your spellcasting ability. And hers was plus 15. There is no plus 15. I do not know how that happened. But I think something went wrong in the Fantasy Ground interface when you, I dragged the NPC into the combat tracker. It put Cure Wounds plus 15. And so Ekmen has seen this, and he's just I like, want, Holy hell, plus 15 healing. And I was just like, well, that can't you... be right. Oh, well, it happened. So no retconning this. So you're, you're now instantly healed. She was playing Possum because they were constantly drugging her over the time. And she'd used up all of her... She only had one healing spell slot Mm -hmm. left. So she used that to heal Akhmanis, but they'd been keeping her drugged and awake so that she couldn't recover her spell slots. And basically they were beating her for two reasons because Abdul Haq always had a thing for her because she was just too damn good looking. And that's part of the reason why he was jealous and he would, any of her previous lovers that he could get his hands on, he would kill and eat. So there's two reasons. He was upset because she spurned him and more importantly, why the hell these mummies were invading his domain.
1: Yeah, probably had something to do with the calling cats. cats that yes, we yes, left
0: in the mummy. Yep. So ultimately, they were outside and they were having a conversation with Abdul. And Abdul was like, just get this shit moving. Come on, quit pissing around. What they did was Hussein came up and he froze the door with one of his Alchemist Frost potions. And then after he froze the door, he started chipping away at the door and he stuck his blowgun through it. And the only person who noticed that the blowgun had came through, because you, Kaylin, and Oraki both have a very high passive perception, but I had you guys roll to see, and nobody's seen it, but Oraki, of course, rolled really high, so she's seen the blowgun coming through, but she wasn't able to get out of the way from a dart or a needle coming and hitting her in her neck, and all of a sudden, pff, she was completely frozen in place, immobilized. But, of course... Elbram's there, and part of his warlock ability in terms of who his patron is, he got this lesser restoration ability. But for some reason, he doesn't understand yet, because normally he gets to use that lesser restoration once per day. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he's allowed to use it twice per day. And so he did a lesser restoration on, to bring Oraki back into the fight immediately yeah, and he did a lesser restoration on Onka because Onka was intoxicated as well on drugs. Yeah. Then all of a sudden Abdul Haq arrived after there's about three rounds of the blowgun trying to smack at you guys and then Oraki tried to go and use her javelin <laughs> and she, I mean that that was a dexterity roll. she had to try to get, just check a pillow at it yeah, yeah put a pillow at well, it it'll be fine. She smashed the door with a javelin put another hole in it but it wasn't sufficient to go through and actually do any damage. Yeah. So then Abdul Haq arrived and he just smashed the door to bits and then he came through and then Onka well she was there and then him and Nazim both had magical weapons. So they were smacking Onka down and beating her silly and she wasn't recovering. So Oraki was there and she was like Heel, heal, heal, <laughs> heal, heal, heal. That heal. was the
1: plan. Stand behind and keep healing. Except Heal the crocodile.
0: She ran out. And, and of course, at that point, we had Ekmenas, who was playing you. He had you up, climb up on top of the, one of the bunk beds, and then basically standing up on one of the bunk beds and, you know, doing this, pointing his fingers towards you and sending fire bolts out and just pinpoint accuracy. Like he was rolling ridiculously high with your fire bolts and smashing into the crocodile Nazim, because Nazim yeah. is exactly like Onka. Yeah. He heals unless you get them with magic or yeah. silver. Yeah, he kept hitting there, and Elbram was, of course, useless because he had been trying to free Onka. He managed to free Onka, and then he just wasn't in any position where he had line of sight to do oh, anything. Okay. So Onka then eventually, she shoved Nazim out of the way so that she could get into the hallway and then go in, and face Abdul Haq. And eventually that's what she did. So she managed to do that. And that gave you and Elbram clear clear shots at Nazim. And so eventually you guys managed to take down Nazim because of that. But any of the regular weapons, they were ineffective. And the same thing with Abdul Haq. Everything was ineffective on him. The Mm -hmm. only thing that worked was magic. And so at one point, Onka was busy trying to smack at Nazim. Basically keep him occupied because... She took Oraki's javelin, and of course, every time she was stabbing at Nazim, it would just heal, yep. but she was keeping him occupied. So Oraki came running around, and she grappled with Abdul Haq to get him on the ground. brilliant move. Yeah, it was, a, it was a brilliant move, because at the end of the day, it was distracting him from swinging his magical sword, which yep. when he swung, he, the thing is, before he came into the fight, before, as soon as the fight was started, and remember Although these fights take three hours, turn order wise, it's every six seconds. So he drunk a potion of heroism, which basically gave him a plus a 1d4 to all of his attacks and his skill checks and and shit like this. So he was, he was hitting without fail. So knocking him down and forcing him to grapple. Gives him a disadvantage to start with. Yeah, it was a good move because right away her turn grapple check. She managed to keep him down for two rounds. Yeah. Which was enough for you and Elbrum to get in and start doing some damage. And then you guys had managed to take Nazim down, and then Onka went and grabbed his alchemical mace. Yeah. And then she was able to come in as the third person. Yeah. So with the three of you guys then smacking at Abdul, you guys finally managed to take down Abdul. And he has a mace. Nazim had a mace. Nazim had a mace that you would plug in. There's two alchemist potions, one's an alchemist fire which you yeah. used quite a bit because you had a bunch that you yep. that you had taken from festering heath's place. Yeah. And there's also alchemist frost. You'd plug one of these things into the hilt of the mace. Yeah. It would send the mixture down the some funnels to the head of the mace and, and all of a sudden when you're, you're hitting you're hitting with fire damage or with cold damage. Okay. Yep. So and what did what did he have? He had a weapon. He had a great sword plus 1. Yep. Okay. And so ultimately after defeating them and you guys started searching at one point, I forget who wanted the plus one sword, but Onko was like, no, no, I'm taking that because as the new leader of the dogs of Bastet, I need a symbol. And oh, okay. this was, that was the symbol. Yeah. I mean, she was going to use that as the symbol yep. to try to make sure that the people, the, the previous Understood dogs of Bastet she was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately the session you missed was really just the battle moving forward. Yep. And then when you came back this past week, it was, the battle has been concluded now. It's now search. Now what, what are we doing in the hideout? So
1: what did minister do during, or while
0: all this was going so, on? So at one point, Abdul Haq left, and he came into the corridor, and Hussein, it was very tight in the corridor, yeah. so he told Hussein, go back, make sure that everything's okay with the prisoners. So Hussein yeah. went back there. And he seen Ekmenos uh, on the ground. And so he gave Acmenus a couple of kicks for good measure. Yep. And Ekmenos said, because Akmenos had turned himself around. Originally, when he was dragged in, he was hogtied, manacled, arms manacled to legs together behind his back. So he was facing away from Princess Karima. So he managed. And I really expected him, because I specifically said, he's manacled your hands and your arms. And I didn't say anything else. I was really expecting to wait to see if he asked, what about my tail or my wings? Because yep. I was really expecting him to use them in some way. He never said anything. So when he was like, Well, can I shift around to see Karima? I was like, yeah, absolutely, no problem. Because I was sitting there thinking, yeah, you'd use your tail and your wings to make that happen. He didn't say anything. If he didn't have tail and wings, I would have had him roll to be able to, get, to, be able to switch yep. around to see her. But I didn't. And I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to give him too much. To figure that stuff out yourself. So he faced Princess Karima. Because she started talking to him as soon as Abdul Haq left. So she was talking to him and she was asking him questions and he wasn't answering. <laughs> he was, yeah. uh, as always, no, who are you? He doesn't know who she is. Uh, the only thing he did say is, I'm here with the Grey Company. So he didn't say who he was. Yeah. He didn't say why he was here. He just said, oh, I'm here with the Grey Company. And then she was like, "Callis and Elbrum are here? And oh, says, well, that yes, would have been yes. a yep. yep. He was in there with her and he was now facing her. So when Hussein came in there, he started kicking Akmenis. And so a couple of his kicks were enough that it actually pushed him close enough that he was now touching Princess Karima's foot. Yep. And because he was touching Princess Karima's foot, she was then able to fully heal him.
1: Okay. Yep. So
0: when she healed him, then it became the battle was continuing on and there were some slow parts in that and the question was how much time passed. So I had him do a skill check, a skill test to see how I wanted to see out of three strength checks, would he have enough in order to be able to get himself in a position where he could do something with the manacles. Yep. And eventually he did. After everything was said and done and you guys slowly started searching stuff, he managed to free himself and free Princess Karima. So What happened
1: with Hussein?
0: Hussein, as soon as Abdul was brought down. So Hussein kicked Akmenus, came back into the room because he just made sure Akmenus was unconscious. Yep. And that's what he did. He came in. Akmenos had one hit point. He kicked Akmenos to knock him unconscious. And of course, that was just unintentional that it would then touch Princess Kareem because Princess yeah. Kareem was playing possum. And Hussein. So then Hussein came back in, seen Abdul going down, and then took off running. Okay. And then he they ran out it. of the room. So you weren't even. You were still back in a hallway mm. when he took off running. And so when you went looking for him, when you first started, I mean, there was there was no way you're going to find him. Yep. He had way too gone. head of a too much of a head start. So then we searched the place. So then, yes, the, the episode started. Battle had been done. And this last Thursday was searching the hideout. And what happened at that point? Yeah. Lots of goodies were found. When you were involved, you'd found a map that showed a portion of the jungle in Lignus. Yep. You found the cartographer's tools. Yeah. You'd found the, the clockwork mummy's body that you guys yeah. had hidden the Colin ca- cats in. But the Colin cats weren't there. Right, yeah he was inside Abdul Haq's office and his desk was covered with alcohol Yep. because he was drunk out of his gourd. Well, I mean, how drunk can you be when you're drinking healing potions all the damn time? Yep. He, I mean, he was clearly sleeping in his office, clearly drinking a lot of alcohol. And so he was searching his room and he eventually found, well, he triggered a trap that nearly mm-hmm. killed him again. <laughs> And yeah, good. so he found in one of the barrels, the trap was on this barrel and inside the barrel was a treasure chest. Inside the treasure chest was a book, a couple of potions that Elbram claimed and was going to give to you. He doesn't know what kind of potions they are, but they both look different. Although his detect magic, they were both from the same spell school from when he did his detect magic on them. Cause he walked around and he wanted to do a quick circuit of the entire hideout with his detect magic. And he so he found that there was magic objects inside the treasure chest. He found that there was a couple of potions that were sitting on the countertop in the common area because that yeah. countertop was actually... It looked like a bar. It looked like a bar, but it was actually... That was where Hussein was doing his experimenting and creating yeah. his concoctions and his poisons. So he'd only found magic in those areas. So there was, there was the book, and the book was giving off, giving off a magic residue, but it was blank. There was a scroll... Yep. So Kalen took the book and the scroll, yep. for God only knows why, because he doesn't benefit from either of them really. Yep. I really expected those to go to you. And what else did you guys find? Inside the office you found the cartographer's tools, the leatherworking tools, yep. the map of Lignus that's focused on the northern jungles, Elbram found the two potions on the counter, he finds some divination and conjuration magic coming from the chest that Akmenos managed to open. Oraki opened it, in fact. Yep. Acmenos he struggled to take the top of the barrel off and couldn't do it. And then he smashed the barrel with his warhammer, and then Oraki smashed the chest with her, with her mace. Yeah. The alchemical mace that she was now carrying. And I was just like, thank God there's nothing breakable in there. But because there was a we bunch. We do of have a guy that's got a key to everything. Yes. <laughs> no kidding. I, and I was sitting there thinking... No room's got the key. It's okay. That's strange. And nobody nobody said, I am going to search Abdul Haq's body. But oh, really? Actually, I think someone did, and they rolled really shitty, so all they really found was just the stuff that was readily visible. They didn't search and look specifically for didn't they? Because
1: you would go around and you would do this as a, a... Like, everybody searches every room so that five people search the same room five times to see... Cause you might miss something yep yep okay we didn't do any of that no no and then you pile I mean, all the uh, stuff the, the reality you pile is all the stuff up on the bar that you find the reality and is figure out what it is that you need
0: the reality is is the only person who was doing the investigation was your yourself and you found the silver and the copper underneath that stone yeah you did the the necessary checks to. were like okay yeah okay i'm gonna look and eventually popped it up and you found this stuff but, you know, other than finding the chest inside the room, okay. it was fairly easiest. But the thing is, is the chest wasn't the most valuable thing in the room. There's a couple of barrels of salt. And, of course, salt is, a barrel of salt is, like, could be anywhere from 500 gold plus because salt is extremely valuable.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did so yeah, we yeah. know that? We don't know that we know it
0: now. Well, I guess everybody's going to know that now, yeah. True. Oh, sure. yeah. but, but, yes. Go back and get a barrel of salt and sell it. Except it weighs a, a crap ton. You need some muscle to salt do that. Salt is
1: valuable. Mm-hmm. Very, can, get, very can you get a barrel through a manhole? Because
0: it's used for everything. It's used in tanning, it's used in preservation, yeah. and of course it's used for spices for food. Can you get a barrel through a manhole? Or is it too big? You know what? That's actually a really good question. Putting that stuff in there, a guy really ought to be thinking, how the hell does it get down there? <laughs> yeah, actually that's a thought. Cause we, <laughs> came through, we came through a sewer. You came through the water in the bottom of and his... It was,
1: yeah. And we could walk through there. But, but yeah, you had to we were uh, underwater as we went to be through the anyway. uh, were That's yeah, certainly so it something I in, It couldn't have come in But it that's it. funny. So it, there, so it must have come in through a manhole. There, it's the only possible way. Well,
0: Kalen came through a manhole outside. For a, for he didn't go through yeah. the water because he didn't have the water-breathing spell yeah, on. So it must but yes, have come there, through a manhole. So that
1: means that we can get it out yeah, through a manhole. Yeah, of course, of
0: course. So we can come back and get it out. But how much thought does the DM put into, how did they get this stuff in there? And there's an elephant down there. How the fuck did you get an elephant down yeah, all uh, the beds that are
1: in there, all the beds yeah. that are hidden away in well, the, there as well. Well,
0: IKEA, of course. Jesus, of course. No,
1: look, we, we know how that works. So all of those sewers drain to an outside giant tunnel thing. Oh, uh,
0: and you found the five calling cats. Where were they? They were inside the treasure chest.
1: They were inside the treasure chest. Yep. Yep. So he found them. Inside the body, yes. Inside the body and put them in the treasure chest and having no idea what they were, wherever the treasure chest goes, they're going to come after him. He wasn't focused on them. How did Karima... Because you said earlier on that Karima, her place got trashed by the mummies. Yep. How did she get a calling cat?
0: I didn't think she had one. Remember, you guys were with... When you were at the mortuary... Yeah. The fact is, is you found the calling cats when you were in the growling sanctuary, but prior to even getting into the growling sanctuary, you had no idea about them. What had happened is... When you were in a mortuary, you met the sister of yeah. the scholar who yep. was lying, just as like you were lying. Like we were. Yep. She had previously gone into the mortuary and she'd worked for Abdul Haq. She went in there, she came through the chimney. So that was why he had she all of the for soot. Abdul Haq. Yes, yes. She was working mm, for Abdul okay. Haq, but you uh, remember she was, she couldn't go back to Abdul Haq without the other half of the rhyme to find yeah. the growling sanctuary. Yeah. Yep. Because she'd given him the first half, but she didn't search the scholar's body well enough to find the wallet that you had found when you fell on top of the scholar's body searching for it. Yeah. So she hadn't found that. She just had did a cursory inspection because she that's a big wide open area. She climbed down the chimney, was covered in soot. That's why the soot marks were all over his body. Yeah. She'd found his pouch. She took the pouch, not the wallet, and returned to Abdul Haq and gave it inside the pouch was the calling cat necklace. She was wearing the calling cat necklace. So when Karima came looking for you guys after your little episode going with the two elves to their little yeah, um, closet world web world, she came looking for you guys because that woman that you guys had, because you took the scholar's body and her were hidden inside the coffin as you guys left, Yep, left her in an alley and she was going, cause she wasn't going back to Aluhak, but she wanted nothing to do with you guys, but she was dead and that's because the sisters found her, because she was wearing that necklace. Then Karima took it. Took the necklace. She took the necklace, because Karima is involved with this stuff, so she knows... The sis- the got... sisters,
1: I thought the idea was that the sisters went to get the necklaces.
0: Yes, so, they, so when they... They, the necklaces are basically like location beacons. So when, when
1: the sisters found her and killed her, yep. but didn't take the necklace.
0: Because they didn't find the Grimalkan eye ah okay they're looking okay. for they don't care about the necklaces the necklaces so just, are a means to an end to they're, they're trying are. to find the dem grimalkan okay. eye so karima took the necklace and she attuned to it and then realized what it was and then she told you guys what it was and then when you guys went and to the growling and and sanctuary so it ended up
1: back at her place and that's why her place got trashed
0: that's right okay. so she, and of course she didn't she hadn't been aware of it at the time until later after she attuned to it and then yeah. she realized what was going on yeah but Later then, of course, when that you guys explains. went to the Growling Sanctuary, you were then aware. By that point, you had been aware because you'd been in discussion with her. You knew what those things were. So when you found them, that's yeah. why you put them in the body of the, the clockwork mummy so that yeah. basically they screw with But even, it, with, with yeah, but hatch, even which it, worked brilliantly. Accidentally, but it worked to yeah. you guys' favor. And even though he'd
1: moved from his house down into the, into the sewers, they'd gone after him at his house, but they haven't, hadn't made a run at the sewers yet.
0: No, and there was a reason for that, and that reason which, I don't know, I don't think I, I really care, it's not that big of a deal. His Probably that I like water and sewage. You are in part right. The fact is, is that the river Nuria mm. is, let's just say it's very potent, mm. as to why, I'll leave that up to whether or not, how you guys yes. discover that. But yeah, it's it's, it's potent. Yeah. They knew that it was close because that hideout was du- directly underneath so, his... So
1: what happened to the calling cats then?
0: We have got the calling cats. So this was this was an inspiration moment for Elbrum because Elbrum, you guys come up and you're like, here you go, Mehmet. We can't destroy these things. We've got to go to the pallet court. These need to be done. And Mehmet's like, shit, what the hell am I going to do with these? And Elbrum's like, why don't you, you know, you've got carrier ravens, send them to the four winds. <laughs> and I was just like... Oh, yeah. inspiration point on that one because that, that is brilliant so Mehmet was like this is great because then if the mummies follow we can get into the sanctuary and the guys are like wait 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 Alvin was like wait we are really hurt look we're bleeding we everywhere not back into <laughs> we're, the bloody sanctuary. we're not going to the sanctuary until we are sufficiently healed We're just not going back into the sanctuary at all. Well, here's the thing. So part of the conversation was with Karima and Mehmet, because you guys were all outside of the, you'd left the hideout. And as you'd left the hideout, you exited through one of the manholes. Not the same manhole that Kalen had come down. This one was at least a street over. Yeah. And Onka, at that point, you guys had reached an agreement with Onka. Onka was like, okay, I'm going to take over the dogs. Yeah. Please make sure you have a conversation with Mehmet on my behalf. And
1: everything squared away.
0: And she said, I'll talk to him Which is good, because um, right at the
1: start, as we said, like on day one, this was about building relationships with the people around us to make sure that we had a finger in every pie. We've now got the dogs of Bastet. Mehmet's got us as a contact as well, so we're in there. We are the liaison between Mehmet and the dogs,
0: so that's a plus as well. Well, Mehmet had had said that they had always suspected that the dogs of Bastet were doing underhanded things, but they could never prove it. Abdul wasn't actually an idiot. He was yeah. actually quite careful. So they never were able to pin him in terms of doing anything untowards. So you guys said to Mehmet, okay, leave my uncle alone. And Mehmet was like, well, if she does illegal stuff, I can't. The law is the law. But if yeah. she's smart as Abdul had been, she will get away with it. She could possibly get away with it.
1: And the other thing too is there's a lot of quid pro quo can go on here because she
0: can deliver stuff that the Crimson Paw are doing. Well, and this is the other thing that she told is she, she admitted through some questioning that, yes, the dogs of Bastet are related to the Crimson Paw. Because hmm. she had we, said, did we
1: find said... Did we find out whether the dogs are, like, the exclusive subset of the... of the, So you've got the Crimson Paw, which is the, the chief, like, that's the the Thieves' Guild... Yes. And the dogs are a subset of that. Did we find out if they are the exclusive subset or if they are just the run of the mill, it's just a separate group?
0: All you know, you are they the
1: really skillful people or are they just a...
0: The only thing that you guys found out through some of the conversation was that Onka wanted the Great Sword because she needed that in order to solidify herself in the dogs of Bastet. But yeah. she had said she's going to need to have some conversations with the law and with the crimson paw because she's going to have to assert herself in their ranks so it's only yeah. by inference that you know that the dogs are related but to what extent you don't actually know just yet
1: yeah and whether they're related as a like the lesser cousins or whether they're related by being the exclusive the better quality criminal that's right yeah yeah, yeah. well and that look and that's that's a good thing that means that if she's the better quality criminal they'll have all the really good information and steal all the really good stuff. Yep, and, and of if, course, if they're the lesser cousin, it means we'll probably just get drooped fed rubbish information.
0: Well, and of course, she had said that. Look, ultimately, she's got to go and establish herself now. And Hussein was one of the yeah. people she she didn't want Hussein dead because Hussein was basically their alchemist. So she's going to go after him and assert herself. But at the same time, she was she had stuff to do. So she basically she left. Yep. So she needed to assert herself. She had some business to take care of. So as you guys exited, she asked, put in a good word for Mehmet and whatnot. And of course, Mehmet was like, well, I'm going to have to have a conversation with that lady. Yeah. Because when he was coming up, because of course they were watching the place. And so he had been aware that you guys had come up. So he came running up. And so of course, but he was more happy to see Karima than he was to see Onka walking away. So there was a, a reunion. And of course you found out in that reunion you found out that they ran a agency which you'd already knew but they told you what the name of that agency was which was called the hungry siren and that the, who, they who ran an agency lieutenant Mehmet and princess karima were part of an agency called the hungry siren
1: oh so this is what we were told on day one that the two of them were working that they were working in together with a, so, yeah so now we know what it is it's called the hungry siren and there's a benefactor
0: but they would not admit who the benefactor was, although Mehmet kept letting slip, that it was a him.
1: Did they, did they say that this was a legit
0: Yes, part of so it's a legit part of the whole organization. Well, you don't know that. All you know is that there is a benefactor that Mehmet is looking to recruit people from the city guard, Yeah, because that was part of the conversation, that he was specifically recruited, and that he is a legitimate, law-abiding citizen. Yeah. And the Princess Karima, because of her influence of who she is and her ability the charisma that she has and the influences that she has over a large portion of the null populace, so of course, what was Princess the, Karima was the, and, like and them, it, they the, they solidified to you guys, look well, one thing was as soon I don't know if you yeah you were there when Oraki first came near the Princess Karima when you guys were down there, he had another vision in that moment, yeah. And so that vision was Not him and Karima one. visiting the Restless Prophet. Yep. So okay. at one point, after you guys were exiting talking to Lieutenant Mehmet and stuff like this, they had said, well, you know, the benefactor would absolutely pay for this voyage, but at the end of the day, this idol and the Grimalkan eye, that needs to get solved because it is, it's an artifact. So in d d you've got common magic items, you've got uncommon magic items, Mm. you've got rare magic items, you've got very rare magic items, and then you've got legendary magic items. Mm. And above them all are artifacts. Mm. So artifacts are ridiculously powerful. Mehmet and Karima were pushing you guys. Well, you guys need to get we we need to get this idol business dealt with here. So this is fantastic. If the mummies leave because we've just sent the calling cats on the four winds... This provides a perfect opportunity
1: now of course elbrum was like there's look there's an if in front of that statement as well, well.
0: elbrum was like if the mummies leave yeah. well that's of course yeah elbrum was like look you know we need downtime we've got to visit the pallet court we're doing that this evening and i've got errands to run so basically you guys had a bunch of conversations with i want to go back and
1: explore the it's a he because oh, yeah, there's was. a whole whole
0: list of these that come up here, isn't it? Oh, and it was so funny because everybody was like, is it this person? Is it this person? Is it this person? And even Kalen was just shooting out names. And I was just like... He goes, I just want to say one thing. And he's like, Barry. And I was like, what? Barry? Barry? What? Oh, no. And he's like... <laughs> is that the guy? And I, and I know I he like... didn't say Barry. I forget. It's some name that started with a D, yeah. But it was like Not that Darryl. kind of silliness. And I was just like... And this is the beautiful bit. Because eventually... You guys all needed stuff to do. You and Oraki returned to the apartment. When you got back to the apartment, there was a couple of envelopes slipped underneath the door. One was the bill that had repaired the wall, the hole in the wall, because it's been repaired now, for 25 gold. Who knew about that? How could they repair it? No one knew. Yeah, of course someone knew. The owner knew. The owner couldn't the owner. see it. The owner was the person who contacted Sifris, who was the gnome builder who provided you with a quote. And then, of course, you guys went to the pool of blood, and so it got repaired while you yeah. we were gone.
1: But how did he find out there was a hole there? That's what I'm saying. The owner did. But the he, owner, no, no. But he couldn't. Unless he looked behind the carpets on either side of the wall, he would never have found it. Okay. We'll just leave that as a, a You don't know, know yet. Where are going to get. Yeah, uh,
0: right. And then the second envelope was another bill, basically saying yeah. we want the first month's rent for the place because we've tried to get in touch with the Princess Karima. She's nowhere about. The first month's rent is now due so because she how has much is the rent for the first month is 84 gold
1: oh, we got 84 gold that's easy and is it who's it to who's it from
0: the name on the bill was willow
1: willow yep just like willow that's it yeah that just was willow name. yep sounds like a good name for a movie Yep, okay. Yeah. Oh,
0: rolls will be rolls. <laughs> and of course, when you went into the apartment... They didn't apartment, give us an
1: address to send the 84 gold to. Uh,
0: what did I have there? No, I didn't include an address. Not, not really going to s- get
1: your 84 gold if we have no idea where to take it well, out. Well,
0: of course, there's another bill from the owner of the building asking for the first month's rent as Princess Karima has been remiss in paying. Uh, Twenty Uh so, so 27 silver piece per day for the studio apartment. So... uh Anyways, yeah. Um, Sorry, Willow, you're not going to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know where you are. Freudian slip. We just leave the 84 all, all gold the, sitting on the, the corner the of the a bill, table. The, the bill for fixing the door, it does have the address because it shows where Cyprus, she not far off from where you guys She's a couple blocks over. And of course, the third thing that was inside the apartment, not just flipped under the door, but sitting nicely on your coffee table, was a nice gilded letter. The gilded letter said, We'll trade. Real Stone for your slave. Yeah, right. And it was signed, Milo. All in Milo. nice gilded calligraphy writing. Milo. So you guys seen that. And while you Sounds were doing like a that... cartoon character. <laughs> well, you know, the dice will roll with the dice will roll. In the meantime, Elbram has gone to the Dome of Bastet because he is... While you guys are in the, in the tunnels, he's noticed that his Eldritch Blasts have been starting to have, like instead of being the pure silvery starlighty looking yeah. appearance that they usually had, now there's like little bits of sparks of greenery going up inside <laughs> that. So he went to Shooting the- people best with leaves. Because he was like- I need to go to a temple, a healing temple, the best of the best. And I was like, I mean, what do you want to do?
1: I need to get this leaf, leaf removed. The creme de la creme. <laughs> Did anyone and offer I, to chop off his,
0: chop off his arm? i like, yeah, can okay, we just chop your arm off? Well, you like. I thought this was hilarious because if he hadn't said that, I had every intention that when you guys went to sleep, still was going to be in the middle of the night waking him up trying to tug that damn thing off. Yeah. So oh, I had, would have been fun. That was something that I had been thinking of. And then he's just like, I'm going to go and see about this to get this thing taken, to get this stuff off. And I was just like, all right. Okay. Okay. Fine. I don't need no, no, no reminder needed there. <laughs>
1: So so I'm assuming that whatever was planned for the, 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 the green leaf thing has now gone completely out the window. No, no, Where was no, it no, going to no. go? I'm assuming he will get healed. Of course he'll get healed. He's going to the best place there is.
0: The reality is I, I've given you guys some clues about what it, it is, and the, the person that you met inside that tunnel that turned to dust when he touched it was a Kajani. And you were aware of it because of your studies, And Akhmedes was aware of it. And you both knew that Kajani people used to live in the Kush jungle Mm. and have since all, if they haven't died. Now, Akhmedes knew a little bit more about them. He knew that after the birth of the Green Walker, some of them had been turned. The rest took off and headed south. So you knew that from the person that Elbram had touched. What does that mean? Up to you guys, what you guys decide to do. You've already got a reason to head south in in some ways. Captain Deuteronomy was from the south. Yeah. And whatever happened with your box, yeah, and barrel, I do had a good kick because when they first saw the box, because I said inside the barrel is a box. Whoa. They're like, is it Calidus's box? <laughs> Sorry, Freudian slip. It's a treasure chest. Ah, oh, dear. Oh, they were so excited it was your box inside that barrel. Yep.
1: got to see where that's gonna go. Mm.
0: No, it wasn't. Your oh well, I like the way
1: I do. I must say, I like the way that you're actually forcing various things to happen. This is like clever magic. So, if you want your slave back, you need to get the real stone. The only way you're going to get the real stone is to go back to <laughs> the Blood Lake, and so I, and so. I, I, this sort I, of forces God, this forces that I have had, move.
0: I have had so someone. There was an intention of someone ransacking the refugee tent while well, you guys lived there but then you wanted to move to the freaking there yeah so i had intention of someone who was going to eventually rob you guys at some point and the person was always going to be after the Stone. there was just when was it going to happen how much time was sufficient <laughs> before it happened so things finally came about so this was always part of the plan it just never never had opportunity never and to... then you gave it away and i was just like well fuck there goes that plot arc what the hell he gave away the bloody real stone and so then you have to figure out how to get it back again well and here's the other thing too is like
1: so you, so you, you, how, you now make the assumption that we're actually going to go and get a Vrilstone off someone who may or may not be there yep to in order to get daryl back well and here's the and, other and thing, i guess see, the thing is do we is, care
0: <laughs> at the end of the day there's there's stuff going on like the leaf on elbrum yeah. and that all of a sudden he's starting to see green in his magic there is the itch that you're feeling that I meant to aggravate more for you, but uh, you weren't able to stick It doesn't actually, long.
1: yeah, it's interesting that the itch thing is, it's there, but it's not defined. There's no... Not yet. Yeah, so you look at that and go, yeah, okay, fine. And I wonder what will happen so when Elbram gets to the, the temple, whether they will let him know what, what's going on.
0: It'll be interesting
1: to find out about that I've, and then we I've go through the, more, and then we, and we go more, through more the list about of,
0: what that's going to happen because I have they might turn
1: around and say that you've just been turned into a Kajani guess what you really don't want to get rid of it yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: but at the end of the day the beauty is is you've got your overarching plot and you know what the timeline of that is about and in all these other things they become related to the backstory or not but the idea is is that in some way are they all related to the Tuscali? no but it's up to what you guys do and how that becomes tied to what you want to do. And
1: it, it all, to me, it seems that in the last two sessions, the last couple of sessions, a whole lot of loose ends have suddenly been tied up, right? And and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can see that we can get the artifact, and and that part, which was the starting point, yep. gets wrapped up. Yep. And you can say, yeah, that's all wrapped up. Yep. We then still have the issue with the the vampires of what's going on there, the possibility of the insurrection at the top at the top of the, the chain. And now all of a sudden there's about fifteen other things that have just suddenly been chucked in at the bottom to go
0: Well and and, and, and I love how And and have not actually yeah.
1: we, we haven't actually picked anything to do. Like the only thing that we have to do is to go back to the palad Court to have the conversation with them and get a hold of the the artifact. And of those the pallid court actually has now become optional, because they want to talk to us, but we don't actually have to do anything for them. We've done what they've asked us to do. Except you haven't reported it yet. So yeah, they, they have just have no to idea. do. The, yeah, we just have to do the report, yeah. and this is what it is. And so there's just the artifact. That's all there is. And then after that, it becomes free reign for us to pick whatever we want, unless, of course, we get pressured to do something such well, as. And
0: there's there's other things too, like why are all the cats being killed in the district of the hyena? And as soon as Elbram had gone up into the district of the lioness, as yep. soon as he entered, the area was closed off. And Lieutenant Memment mentioned that there's something going on in that area, yeah. but the city guard don't, there's no city guard in the lioness district because that is the upper echelons. They've got their own private guard up there, their own private army. And so he said, and- something's going on. I have no mm-hmm. idea what's going on. So when Elbram went up there, it was closed off. When you went there, it was no closed off. You went to yeah, the film to do what you did. When Albert went up there, it was closed off. So he had to provide his papers, and then he had to go to... In but order again,
1: to get... all of this stuff is optional. Like it, it is. At this everything point in time, everything now, has suddenly, mm-hmm. everything now has gone from being uh, an agreement that we've made to resolve an issue yeah. to being optional.
0: I mean, that's the only one that really has a timeline that you are, are very aware of. Yeah.
1: The idol doesn't have a timeline to it. But it, well, it, not, not, it, it yeah. has a level of urgency. It has a level of urgency. Yeah.
0: And the thing is, too, is the first thing that Kalen said when he first came in was he's like, well, what's going on with the city guard? And that was a good question. But you never had a chance to actually talk to anybody about it because he he came out of a tunnel. He's from Midgard. He doesn't know shit of what's going on. Hmm. And so he's like, well, wait a minute. This stuff is going on. What's going on with the military and whatnot? And eventually, when you guys were on the boat with... Kaim Waset you would ask that and he was like well I've heard that Rykar the warlord Rykar has been out in the desert doing guerrilla or was it Kaim Waset that said that or was it Mehmet? I can't remember No it's Kaim Yeah Kaim Waset Yeah who was saying I that think... they're out he's out in Ooh. the rumor is that no, he, no, no. it was it, Mehmet. it was Mehmet. Yeah. yeah So yeah he was out in the deserts doing guerrilla movements and since then they've hasn't hasn't been Reasonably successful because there hasn't been any further incursions yeah. Wow. Well, there's something going on there. And of course, there was, he was uh, talking about, as well, he's yeah. mentioned something about the tumblers. So there is... And, and the
1: other thing about this too is that having been given that this is a bloke that is the pulling the levers for this little special group that mm. Mehmet's got, you start looking at who are all the possible blokes that could do that, not the least of which is, was it the vizier that we think could possibly be dodgy or be trying to take over the world? And the other thing about this too that would be disturbing is the fact that... We are about to, when we look at the options of what's available, we get dragged out of the city again. We go off to the Blood Lake, which is a week away. We go off looking for the great Prophet. Our options are all, our options now include things that consist of traveling a long way to find something.
0: Yep. So it's definitely improving. I guess there's even more than that too, because there was, at one point, there was brief conversations with Fatma in the desert about the Vril Stone. And yeah. its relationship to the Wind Lords. Of course, there's the vision of Oraki with Karima visiting the Restless Prophet. People of the interwebs, are you thinking, damn it, man, is this an abrupt end of the episode? Yep, you are right. Indeed, this episode is definitely not finished and has been sundered, split in twain, but there's a light. Return in just one week. Our discussion will be concluded. Until then, bye-bye.